If you or anyone else you know is in the market to buy or sell a home, make sure you visit ccrealty.org today. We are the only real estate brokerage that donates 50% of its commissions to nonprofits dedicated to fighting climate change, and we operate in all 50 states. Enjoy the podcast. Sahila, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hey, Ethan. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Thank you for um, fighting for our future. I really appreciate it. And, you know, we always like to get this show started with a little bit of background on who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing at the current moment. Uh, yeah, so I'm Sahila Khan. I am a 10th grader currently, and I've lived in Boston, Massachusetts for seven years, but recently moved to Cambridge. Um, and so I live on the coast, um, and, yeah, I've gotten involved with some youth climate stuff um because of the school i the high school i attend now uh phillips andover which is a private school um in andover massachusetts um right and yeah i got a lot into the youth organizations here cool so you say you got involved because of school or did you like so was someone kind of saying like hey you should get involved or is it kind of something that you were like drawn to naturally I would definitely say um, I was brought into it um, and like shown and guided first off um, into um, the org. It wasn't really something I found on my own. Was not something. Who, so who um, who guided you into it then? Uh, it was the kids at my school. Um, they re- a climate organization. I mean, climate club. They started. Um, yeah. We call it PASC, Phillips Academy Sustainability Coalition. Um, it was actually recent. Like, it was only around for a year until, like, I entered. Um, uh-huh. And so the kids who, like, led that, they, like, sent out an email to all the incoming ninth graders to join, like, the PASC. And I just, like, once I got into it, they were like, oh, yeah, you should join these. It was really, a, like you do this and like you learn by doing and um, not mm-hmm. like, oh, this person's more experienced, let them do it. But um, they really just wanted people to try it out and like, take responsibility for stuff, which helped me learn a lot really quick. Which is awesome too, especially if you like take responsibility at a young age. Some of these old people still don't have any sense of responsibility. Well, I, I, I'm glad you say you were um, brought in by your peers because I just I like I like that better than like some teacher or some like adult kind of telling you, hey, you should go do this. The fact that you were brought in by like other like students, I think is uh, at least I'm I'm cool with that. I don't know. I like people to kind of come to their own conclusions. Um, do you want to tell me a bit how climate change is kind of affecting your life today as a high school student? Yeah, I would say um, because I live on the coast, um, one of the big things in, uh, when people talk about climate change is the sea levels rising. Um, and for me, that is a big thing um, because being a coastal city, like if and when like it floods, my family doesn't really have um, like the resources to resources to be able to move or at least bring a lot of our stuff with us um and I know like my community and neighborhood like the people there we they also wouldn't be able to move easily um and it's not only that like just having to leave um like the place that you know the community you've built um leave that in itself is like no one wants to have to do that and people are already doing that um but that's just one of the big things for me. Um, one of the reasons why 
I want to help fight. Because of sea level rise and displacement. Okay. Um, so when you think of like the idea of climate action, what does that really mean to you personally? And how do you think that's different from like what you see on the TV or in like the public sphere? Or is it the same thing? I'm not sure. Yeah, for me, um, climate action, what I've been doing, I feel like it's a lot of um, like reading and lobbying, which is, yeah, reading the bills and like figuring out and like talking trying to persuade um, your representatives or legislators um, to sign on to something and organizing, which um, I feel like it's different than the public sphere because a lot of the things highlighted are rallies and like speeches. And I feel like I kind of categorize it between like lobbying, which has been mostly online because of COVID, um, which is like the online work and how to organize people there mm -hmm. and then um the stuff on i feel like in the public sphere is more of like the physical work um which i haven't had a lot of experience with yet but would like to gotcha so you're, you're reading the bills huh i don't even know if the legislators are reading the bills that they are coming out i know yeah. but <laughs> so why don't you tell me about um acl uh what is it yeah, ACL is the um, Andover Climate Lobby. And so I mentioned mm -hmm. PSC, which is like the umbrella term for like a bunch of different clubs um, connected to just like climate action. And so ACL is like, is the lobbying part. And what we do is um, we have like 20, 30 kids who are like, um, con like consistently active um, in like helping out with, um, especially like in lobby weeks, which we do through um, the youth orgs like Our Climate and Mike, which is Massachusetts Youth Climate Coalition. Um, and it's also like helping spread the word um, around campus about events or like maybe people need to petition something. And also education. Um, education, uh, it, I think it's talked a lot about in um, the youth orgs that I've like been in, uh, been able to be in and like how important it is. And so we like also work to educate new like incoming kids like on what lobbying is and then also like try to run events for the school for people to learn. Do you ever find it weird that you're like lobbying the government to change the laws, but like they still, they won't even let you like vote on who's elected until you're 18? <laughs> I mean... I actually, that's a good, it's a good question that you bring up because um, coming in, I was told like youth, like, well, by our adult coordinator um, and some of the other adult lobbyists that I worked with that like, oh, being a youth, you know, you're, you're very like impactful and they're surprised that you're here and like that has an impact. I mean, and it was true. Like the first lobby meeting I was in, um, they sent a thank you, you know, and then the staff that we met with, like, they were like, oh, yeah, we appreciated meeting with you as well. And, like, they shouted, they gave me a shout out about, like, how they were surprised that such a young person was there. Um, but. Yeah, it's super badass. <laughs> um, thank you. It is. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, it stands out. And, um, but it's still, like, there's still, like, 
a lack of um, seriousness that I think that they give us. Um, because as you like, they think like, oh, you might not follow up or like you don't really care. Um, but we do, so you have to you have to show that a lot. If anything, I feel like your perspective is more valuable because it hasn't been tainted by the harshness of reality. Now, someone might take it the other way and be like, that's kind of what you need to have a more pragmatic and realistic view. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we need more. uh, Well, I guess this is my bot. We need more idealists in the world. And I feel like young people are more likely to be ideal and they're less likely to have a a bias of like a, a hustle kind of I need to like feed the family so that's in the back of their mind with all their decisions whereas kids don't really have that they're just like this world is here i'm enjoying it like how can i make it better um so uh, those are just some of my thoughts on that do you want to tell me about um our climate and how you got involved with that and what you do as a um, field rep yeah so with our climate um i was introduced um to it by acl um and the students there and I originally started out like just a volunteer, which is like someone you just show up to the meetings and like you're not like you don't need to go to them, but you like you just hop in and sign up for whatever actions or like uh, events that are going on. Um, and in yeah, in our climate, it's really just like a distribution space and communication space to learn about like things that are going on. Um, campaigns that people are running or other like clubs or these orgs um are doing and as a field rep you you just you're supposed to go to the meetings that have it every week um and we have um this system called accountability buddies and that's just like your pair with another person to also have meetings like maybe bi-weekly um just to make sure that you guys keep up um with uh, the work that you said you you do. Well, you're laughing a lot while while you're saying that. I mean, yeah, because I I feel like the term accountability is so you know, it's really youthful, you know. It it it's youthful, but it's also like necessary. Like for so I sell real estate, right? And my friends still like we go out and we knock on doors to try and like get clients and build business, and it's really hard to like stay accountable to your goals. And I mean. I used to have, what was it? Um, yeah, I think we just called it buddies. Like at summer camp, you'd have like buddies when you go swimming and you have to, and they would like whistle and be like, buddies, one, two, three, count off. And we would have to do that. But it, it is like really like when you when you know someone, even if you, if it's, it doesn't have to be like a teacher or anything, if someone is like watching you, you're so much more likely to do something because mm-hmm. you said you're going to do it because you're held accountable to them. It doesn't matter what age you're at. I think it's still really relevant. Like I'm saying, my I'm 24 and my friend is like 37 and he still texts me. He's like, hey man, you out there hitting the doors today? And I'm like, yeah, like you hitting the doors? He's like, yeah. And then it just makes it so much more likely that that'll happen. Um, so do you want to tell me a bit about the specific legislation that you're lobbying for? And then you're saying, you're telling me you're reading the bills. So so what uh, what are they saying? <laughs> Yeah, so, um, well, recently we just had a joint rule 10 day lobbying week, um, which is like short story, uh, long story short is like when uh, bills are reviewed in their committees and like the people, the legislators can vote uh, whether they can move on from committee um, and then be voted by the whole or they die um, or like, <laughs> and um, don't move on. And some of the bills that we try to focus on, you call them 
environmental justice bills. Um, and some of them were like the air quality bill, um, which was to get um, like air filters in um, high um, like polluted areas, uh, neighborhoods. Um, and they would take like 95% of the like toxic particles out of the air because they, you know, they have severe health effects um, and disproportionately um, communities of color and low income communities um, face these because, you know, the siding laws and they don't, um, and they don't um, get siding, like able to tell like factories that they can't be built near these apartments or schools. Um, and then they also, another one was the Building Justice with Jobs Act, which is like for a just transition um, for -hmm. workers like in fossil dependent jobs or ones that are connected to the fossil fuel industry, like they can get education and training to go into cleaner jobs. Um, And um, I think those ones are some of the big ones that we've done, but yeah, um, it's hard because in the general 10 day, you had to, we were mainly trying to lobby for like the chairs of the committees, but you also need to ask like the other legislators like to convince the chairs, um, like to pass that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a lot of networking, like with people, like figuring out what your legislator, like who your legislator is, and, like, oh, are they the chair? Are they in this committee? Like, who can they ask? Um, who can they pressure? Um, if they can't, if like just them co-sponsoring isn't enough. So based on your experience right now, could you ever see yourself getting into politics and being those, being those legislators or people on the committee? I would say it's a little too messy for me. Um, just like Same, dude. trying to learn about like the process. I'm just like, not for me. That's like the scary thing to think about is like, it seems like such a, like a shitty job. It's like, who's going to be left to actually do it. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now is you get leads. Like the, like the best people are all going into like private industry or doing something else. That's actually not just awful. So that's a, it's a bit concerning, but you know, they're supposed to be representatives of the people. Um, off the top of your head, I mean, what do you think makes it so difficult to get these, this, these climate, um, laws passed? What do you think is the big challenge that we face? on that front i think it's um the mindset around climate change um and the big thing is like at least through my experience like it's seen as a joke to most people like not a big concern um and like people think like oh it's all about planting a tree or like saving the turtles um because that's like the big memes or jokes about it and like that mindset in the like society, like that transfers to how like legislators take the seriousness of these bills um, and whether or not they want to like, they feel like it's justified to spend like so much money, millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars on these reforms. And that's um, one of the big things we hear like, oh, there's not enough support, like, not enough support for, like, having this reform. Um, And I think another thing is also, like, 
as we were talking about like environmental injustice, like a lot of the effects of climate change or um, like disproportionate like distribution of um, like resources is in communities that these legislators are not from. And so it's not, most of them don't really have that personal connection. Um, yeah, though that's, that, that's, that's a fair point. Um, so you, you said you're in 10th grade, right? Yep. So you're doing like algebra two and biology and stuff right now. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that sounds terrible. How, how do you have like the motivation to also do this? What is like motivating you to add extra work onto what you have to do already? Which by the way is like really hard. I don't know if you, unless you become like an engineer, that's like the hardest stuff you ever do. I don't I'm business. I was easy, but, but, but yeah, that's, that stuff is still gives me nightmares that, that stuff yeah i mean i'm actually taking physics and i hope maybe to become an engineer right. but um i think like it's definitely like an ebb ebb and flow process um and i've seen it a lot like in the organization like people come and go um and they come back and then um and then find other spaces because it is it is draining um, and hard like losing sleep and um, not working on a homework assignment because you know I gotta I gotta read this pill I gotta send all these emails trying to get these people uh, like other people to RSVP and like sign on or get them trained um, and so you do have to make um, sacrifices for it and it's hard and um, for the lobby week that. We just had day 10 day. Um, I was on like the lead youth organizer and like that drained me because you have to prepare. Totally. It takes like two to three months like to prepare. So like it was in January and we started in like November and or like late October. And then so after it hit, I was like, I had to take a month off. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you come back, like, there's because mm -hmm. there's still stuff to do, surprisingly. Not surprisingly. Um, but like, there's always more stuff to do. There's always, because even with the lobby week, like, most of the bills that we were lobbying for, they, they didn't get voted out of the committee, but they didn't get voted down. So they got postponed. Um, and so it's following up with the chairs of the committees and like trying to persuade them like, yo, like you gotta vote for this. Um, and a lot of people have been doing that work. Um, and so yeah, it continues, but that's also why like, there's just like constantly outreaching, like to get new people to continue the work. But it, it really does make a difference, like when you call your representatives, like I, I think I recounted a story maybe a, a month ago where I called my representative and they called me back and they're like, hey, Ethan, just want you to know like this bill that you called about, we're supporting it, we made it happen. You might have might have been doing it already, but um, they are supposed to be representatives of the people. If you speak to the right representative, they will really take into account what you say. So, I mean, I just thank you for, for, for doing this work because it really does make an impact. Do you want to tell me about how your um, your team has kind of helped support you when you're like t trying to take on this big workload? I mean, yeah, I think the one of the big things I learned was um, delegating and like trusting in your team. 
that was lucky. I'm lucky, like, to have, be in a space where there's, like, just so many great people and kids are, uh, like, were able to do a lot, like, if I just, like, reach out for help. Um, and so I've had a lot of great, like, people to help me out, like, if I didn't understand a bill or, like, what are their thoughts on it um, and, like, discussing um, what our next step should be. Um, like, Evan, our bill coordinator, and then uh, I had other youth help me in the J10 day. Um, and the space, like, the meetings that we have, like, every week, I find it a supportive space because it's, like, usually there's always, like, a consistent amount of people who go, and so, like, we get to know each other pretty well. Um, Definitely. How important do you think it is for, like, people who aren't adults who are, like, under 18 to be, like, engaged in this stuff and working on, like, climate action or different social issues? I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's so important um, to get our voices heard and, like, to know how we can do that. Um, because before, like, being introduced to a lot of them, I was like, you mean I can call my representative? Like, I can actually talk to them, like, email them? If that was, like, that never occurred to me. Um, mm -hmm. and like that's something like people need to know that they can do um, and it's also the fact that you hear a lot um, in like big speeches, uh, speeches like things like United Nations like people always say it like oh the next generation like this is their future like it's on them and it's like okay well um and like they say that and like we still don't see a lot of action being taken when they're the ones currently with the power. Um, so I guess like if they can say that, then better let the next generation start handling the issues. Um, which Ooh, good point. <laughs> yeah, which youth can do. Um, hey, hey, if it was up to me, I would let I would let kids run the world. I think they have the best perspective. The less you know, you know, the the more I don't know. I <laughs> I just remember I really, really struggled being a, a, a kid, being under 18. I really didn't like the idea of being someone else's property where you're not allowed to make your own decisions. And I really think that you don't need to know everything. I feel like you can really feel things out in life. Uh, I've, I've led that way. And I always say I try to keep the, the childhood energy going as long as I possibly can because it's just more fun. You want, I mean, what's the point of like getting in a suit and like being all like, you know, just hating what you're doing. You need to, you need to enjoy yourself. And I think that's something that people who are, who haven't had like burdens put on them yet can really do. But I still think it gives you like a lot of clarity in many ways. Um, cause, and then when, cause you, when you get older, you realize, I mean, you don't know anything as a kid and then you think, you know, you, you know something. And then what you really need to realize is that nobody knows anything. So it's really, there's really no difference between a kid or an adult. We're all, we're all just learning new things every day. That's just what life is. Um, so speaking of learning, what do you think you've learned the most from like your work on climate action or your experience with your, with your peers? Yeah, I think the big thing I've taken away is just being able to work with people. Um, and that means like not everything that you believe is right. Like that's not going to be everyone's first choice or, plan right um so it's learning how to like maybe sometimes you have to take a step back uh, modify like what you wanted to do um and also work around like other people's schedules um 
and also um it's something I'm still working on but like being confrontational um and not trying to like go with the flow because going with the flow doesn't doesn't get you um a lot of places and that means like oh sending you know maybe you have to send another like follow-up email with people if they didn't respond definitely and um to your legislators if they like they haven't done what they said that they would do when you met with them um and it's things I'm still learning because it's like oh I don't want to be seen as annoying but like sometimes you gotta if you gonna hold people accountable to do what they said they were gonna do or if you need them to show up yeah, you got to be the accountability buddy for the uh, for the legislators yeah. too. You know, sometimes they forget. That's 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 super big, and you can never send people enough follow up emails until they finally get the message. I could say I definitely attest to that. So, um, well, you're really cool. Who are some of your biggest inspirations and uh, role models? Yeah, I think um, within OC, um, our climate, some of the people like that really wild me, um, especially with the the lot, recent lobby week um, was Julia, and she was a kid from also a private school in Massachusetts. But like, just the amount of work she was able to like take on. Like when I always reached out for help, like she was always there, the first like one of the first ones um, to be like, "Oh yeah, I got you." <laughs> um, I just, I don't know how she did it because um, I was like, I know you got school like schoolwork too, um, mm-hmm. and then. Swapnil, he's he's like on every call. Um, and also him and Julia are fellows. And for fellows, that means like they go to all the OC, like Massachusetts calls, but they also have to go to the um, national calls, which they're on the same day. So it's like two hours straight with the Zoom calls. Um, just like packing that stuff. And um Hold on, let me roll down my blinds real quick. Yeah, roll down your blinds. I I love that. I love your response. I love that when I ask you who's your biggest inspiration, you start talking about your peers. I think that's so cool because I expect, I don't know, I, to, I think about like, I don't know, I mean, I talk about like Ray Dalio and Simon Sinek. Uh, they're like older than me. But um, yeah, I love that you talk about your peers. Anyways, keep going. Um. Yeah, and um, I think... Those two are definitely um, big ones. And then also, I guess I'll say one last one. There's so many. Um, Awa, she um, did a lot to bring in um, discussions on like race and class into the space. Um, because mm-hmm. while, we, while we're fighting for like environmental justice bills, it's also important to, for people in um, climate action spaces to um, see their place like in society and like in the movement and that means talking about like what are the privileges I have what are the obstacles I have um, and really acknowledging like what is your like place in the movement and how your space um, like is functioning and like whether it's supportive and like really representative of the bills that you want um, like are funding for, or like you need to work on some things. Totally. 
All right, so you've got like the worst year ever of high school coming up next year. You've got the um, the SATs, oh my and, and you got the college admission stuff. So that's that's gonna be uh, horrible. But um, so what are what are your plans? What are your plans for the future after that? Any idea? You mentioned something about maybe pursuing engineering. Where where's your kind of mind at the moment? I mean, yeah, I I'm looking into engineering. I think um, because yeah, I'm taking physics, and I want to be good at it because. My, I have a twin sister, Sakina. She's taking chem. So I was like, okay, you do your thing. Let me do mine. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. yeah, I do that. Um, but it's also because I think engineers, um, it's, you know, it's a good paying job. And I do need to like support my family. Um, but it's also something I think about a lot because like climate action, like you don't get paid for it. Um, like all the the youth in my organization like none of us are getting paid um but there like there's a big bill in um coming up in ma uh legislature right now actually um that everyone's like talking about because there's like a grant to like pay youth organizers um which um, people are trying like to get the legislators to co-sponsor but um as of right now no one is like being kind of like rewarded or like acknowledged um, enough for all the work that we have to put in. Um, and it's something to think about because as an adult, I probably can't like focus on climate action as like my main thing. I do have to get a job um, that pays well um, for my family. Um, and but like, I won't entirely drop it. And I'm also looking into like, maybe doing like some like like continuing lobbying continuing um that work but also like getting more into like the physical like the physical work and um action too what do you mean by like the physical work like um like protesting or like organizing rallies and um which are done um like you know yeah friday for futures um and in Massachusetts, they've started like organizing some rallies too. Um, but like, I haven't um, participated that much in them. Um, and so, something I'm gonna maybe look into more. Very cool. Well, you might be surprised by the time you're getting into the job market, you might be able to do an engineering job or you actually, you definitely can do an engineering job that is re directly related to climate action. It's something we can talk about after the podcast if you're interested. But, um, well, Sahila, thank you so much for the work you're doing. It's, it's really cool um, to take in the initiative. And I love that you're already thinking about supporting your family. It's just, it's beautiful. Do you have any like final pieces of advice for other young people who are passionate about like seeing a more positive future or helping to build a better world? Yeah, I think um, my advice is if you can, um, there's a lot of power in being able to work with a group um, and you get a lot of work done by, by delegating and just being able to throw ideas around and discussing like what your next step should be, what, um, you know, what bills are interested or like being thrown around right now. Um, and it's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that can happen like it's more effective um but even if you don't have a group um being able to share your story or like um the reason why you're passionate about um climate action or something um 
in it like that is also that can also like help change people's mindsets um around climate change which is something really needed to get more support um and just being able to change someone's view um that's a lot of change in and of itself indeed it is very wise words well put all it takes is one person to change another person and um yeah cool very good thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the podcast keep up the great work and good luck with the sats that's terrible <laughs> that's for next year that's for next year me. she's like she's like i'll worry about it next year yeah. cool very good thank you so much keep, keep it up all right everybody see you on the next one So if you or anyone else you know is looking to buy or sell a home anywhere in the USA and would like to create thousands of dollars in donations without any cost out of pocket, please visit ccrealty.org today.